The Midwest Film Nerds podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Tim. Today we're going to talk about what we've been watching. We're going to go through some movie news. Uh, I'm also going to give you an update on the summer movie wager. But uh, after that, we are going to go into our full review of Doug Lyman's Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, before we get to the rest of the show, please go to MidwestFilmNerds.com to check out the other 79 of our episodes, plus a bunch of bonus episodes. Uh, if you, this is your first time listening to our show off of uh, A Cast of Kings, then welcome, and we hope to keep you around. And please tell us what you think of the show by writing us to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, which is ridiculous of me to say because you've somehow already found us. But please go rate and review us in iTunes. That would be fantastic as well. You can also talk to us on Twitter at MFN Podcast. And now that all of that bookkeeping is out of the way, I think we can get straight into what we've been watching. So, Willie, what have you been watching? Oh boy! Um, <laughs> I, I watched last night. I watched nonstop the Liam Neeson vehicle. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. we done it! Uh, it's uh, it's basically taken on a plane. Really, we want more listeners, not less. I'm so sorry. I apologize for that. No, I'm not sorry at all. I um, would don't ever apologize. If you that. don't like this brand of humor, then just, just walk away. We, want, um, we want you to know what you're getting here on the Midwest Absolutely. Films. If you're listening to an episode that I'm on, which is most of them, you're gonna get this so um no it's 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 just taken on a plane that's that's the movie um liam it, it honestly it never gets old watching liam neeson kick ass and i don't think it ever will um it's kind of a weird like resurgence of his career since taken came out that yeah. people kind of rediscovered liam neeson as this like badass which is hilarious to me <laughs> i don't know why like he's a huge dude but so it kind of makes sense but i don't know it's it was it's an enjoyable movie. It's ridiculous. You have to leave all logic yeah. completely casted aside. Because, Tim, you've seen this, too. I saw it in theaters. Yeah, so it's okay. been a while since I've seen it, so I can't recall everything. I just remember, yeah. It's You have to just go into it realizing that it's it's like the worst of the diehards in terms of logic. <laughs> it's by the same guy who did um, the other one that was... Oh, gosh. I'm going to look it up right now. But, okay. um it's he did. Oh no, he did. I'm sorry, he did unknown. But he also did two movies that I really, really like in House of Wax and Orphan. Orphan, oh, yeah. I love. Orphan's Orphan. great. <laughs> Orphan's great. If you have not seen Orphan, do so. Yeah. Um, What's yeah. his name? The director? Uh, it's something French that I'm going to butcher. <laughs> I think it, this is if also you're a, French. Don't listen to this podcast either. Jean Paul Chartres. Uh, no. it's, it's something. Yeah. Colette Sarah is his oh, last okay. name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jean Mi Colette Sarah or yeah. something like that. Okay. Yep. But, um, it's, Please come here for all of your French name butchering. <laughs> yeah, butchering. <laughs> um, it's got a actually got a pretty good cast, most of which aren't used very well, but they're there. Yeah. I mean, Julianne Moore's in it. Julianne Moore's and, pretty uh, good in it, I thought. Yeah, yeah, she was good, and she um, she kind of makes a nice little, not romantic interest for Liam Neeson, but I, they have chemistry, and I like that. I like that. I remember liking that because it felt like it. It felt like two adults. Like, yeah. like they weren't like there wasn't too much romantic, but it felt like just two adults interacting, and sometimes you don't get that in modern movies. Yeah, <laughs> no, so, yeah, it either has to lean too far towards the let's make out and yeah. be sexy together, and or too far towards like the squabbling. It just so it was not. You know, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. And then we get we got like Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. What? And she's got like three lines, <laughs> but she's in up. it. Yeah, um, which is weird. It took me like 
a half hour into the movie to realize that was her. Um, but no, it's it's a cool movie. It's it, totally worth a rental, not a purchase, a rental. Absolutely. Okay. It's a, yeah. I think it, like I remember thinking it was like a great one time watch mm-hmm. because yeah. if you watch it again, it's gonna fall apart. Oh, I feel totally. like it'd be good to like get a couple friends, yeah. and grab a couple drinks. It is. It's it's a '90s action movie. Yeah, okay. it really is. So all right. Uh, anything else, Willie? Um, I watched Monuments Men, which was, I, I didn't think it was bad by any means, but it's definitely a bit of a letdown when you look at who's involved. Did Clooney yeah. direct that? Clooney did direct it. Nice. Yep. And Clooney has a tendency to be a little boring sometimes, yeah. uh, I think in terms of his direction. And, and it, this one is not void of that, but Bill Murray and, um, oh boy, the Wes Anderson, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? He's the older guy in all the Wes Anderson movies. Uh, <laughs> something Barnaby or Bellaby. Oh, or Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. I don't know if oh, Bob Balaban is really in that much Wes Anderson or not. But. Well, I don't know. He's been in a couple. That's I do I mean. love Bob But anyway, Balaban. those two have amazing chemistry together. They're so funny That's together. Good. And they're often paired up. So it's worth a rental. How is, uh, well. how is the artist himself, Jean Dujardin? He's really good. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually one of the... One of the see, the, the problem is that you have these great actors, and then you give them these, like, pretty two to... Like, like, just boring, like two-dimensional. Just, there's nothing. Yeah, I don't know if I've. What? He directed Leatherheads, which I remember was a movie like I was really excited for because it was like a screwball comedy, mm-hmm. Clooney, and I had the same problem with that. Like it gets bogged down. Like it's not as fast or as quick as it should be. And, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I don't know. I wanted a little more. There's there's a problem with the with balancing the tone of it, and and mm-hmm. it's there are moments that really like. They're almost like Saving Private Ryan level, like, holy crap. Like, yeah. this is, I mean, makes you remember you're watching a war movie, really. Okay. And then there's moments that are, like, really, like, lighthearted and fun, kind of a romp. And I wish it would have gone one way or the other and stayed focused in that direction. Okay. Because it doesn't balance the two very well, and it kind of hurts the characters, you know? Right. Because just when you start getting some deep character development on somebody, they're, like, jokes, you know? So it's, I don't know. It. It's worth a rental, I think, especially if you like uh, Bill Murray. And if you don't, then also walk away from this podcast because <laughs> I don't want to speak to you. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing about Clooney is I like Clooney a lot as an actor and even as a director. Like, I, I was a fan of The Ides of March. I think it does get a little bit bogged down. Oh, I like The Ides of March a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. And My apartment is almost in The Ides of March. My old apartment. Really? <laughs> because he's walking down the street in um, Clawson. That's beautiful. And, like, it goes by and my apartment is almost in the shop because <laughs> oh. it's right across the street from that diner. Okay. Yeah. Um, so close. That liquor store I go, I went to all the time. That's it. He walks by a liquor store. I'm like, that's Palace Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and then Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is also oh, pretty awesome. Yes, too. That's really you're right. You're it's, right. It's yeah. wacky. But, um... That was like his first movie, and I, and I, I'm worried that Clooney's not growing a lot as a director. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, he's tried to take on a lot of different projects, but mm-hmm. uh, and I personally have not seen Good Night and Good Luck, which I know has a lot of critical. Oh, play. Good Luck! Oh, I didn't. I forgot. It's really that. good. It's really good. It's really good. But yeah, it's so. it, it is. It's not. It's it's dull. It's not like it's you know. Yeah. I don't know. It, he's, <laughs> dull why did I? Wrong why word, did? Why was not. Leatherheads the only one I remember? That's what I. Asked. That's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I just remember being really excited about that because he'd worked with the Coens on um, Intolerable Cruelty, and I actually like that movie quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was excited for that one, and he did, that, it, didn't deliver. No. Yeah. What you gonna do? Yep. All right, Tim. <laughs> uh, what you been watching? Anything? Uh, yeah, I watched. Uh, I'll be quick. I watched a little bit of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. When Beautiful. I was young, when I was young, I remember I didn't have Cartoon Network. Okay. But my cable package, but my my uncle in a different city did and I would go over there and I that's when I came across Space Ghost Coast to Coast and I mm-hmm. fell in love when I was a kid because it's just the wackiest stuff and I've been watching I watched the first season I just threw it on today 
the DVD, and the the guests in the first season are hilarious because they're all kind of like washed yeah. up or they're they're just really random. Like uh, the one episode was like Michael Stipe and Lassie, and then <laughs> the two Indian guys I don't remember their name, but they used to be on the Letterman show all the time. Uh, oh. Do you remember those uh, Mujibar and Sarah Jewel? I think. Okay. Yep. And then, but it's also funny to go back and watch these because nobody really is in on the joke. Yeah. And they're the first like. There's one with Bobcat Goldweight and the Ramones, which is, like, an awesome guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, beautiful like, combo. Like, I was like, oh, my God. But, like, Bobcat kind of gets it, I remember, like, once he gets into it, but the Ramones are just really annoying during it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, but really, I'm looking forward to, uh, it's, I mean, it's still, it still holds up to me, and, uh, for me. And the humor still holds up. I remember there's two episodes in particular that I'm excited for. They come later. One is there's Conan O'Brien's on one of them. Mm-hmm. And Space Ghost gets like they're distracted by an ant the whole time. <laughs> and the other one, and I remember this might be my favorite episode of television ever. And it's Buster Rhymes is on. And it's called Flipbone. And like a gas leak. Buster Rhymes is stoned out of his mind <laughs> the entire time and just laughing hysterically, if I remember correctly. I can't wait to watch this again. And there's a gas leak. And Space Ghost just keeps coming up with all these ideas. And all of them end with him hitting Zorak in the head with a wrench <laughs> like, like he's coming he's like got all these great ideas and they all have that and Buster Rhymes is just cackling hysterically on the screen the whole time I remember it being the funniest thing I had ever <laughs> seen when amazing. I was a kid like I hope it, it holds up yeah, like I it do. changed my life it I'm made like, me who I am I used to like Space Ghost Coast Coast a lot but I would watch it for Brack like Brack yeah. was my favorite thing ever Brack's yeah. really funny I just <laughs> always loved Brack and funnily enough I've never watched any of the Brack show but I feel like the I'd Brack show be. see I, li- I tend to like Brack better on Space Coast because Brack can get a little much exactly on yeah. yeah and that was always my problem with like um aqua teen aqua teen could uh, annoy me i always like c lab was great yeah uh, yeah but aqua teen would get too loud for me too so yeah yeah, yeah. all I right um i finally got a chance to check out john favreau's latest chef um i loved it like yeah. i i think it's a movie that could end up in my top 10 at the end of the year which uh you know sometimes it's hard for me to come up with 10 movies that i want on my top 10 but no, I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, most people know that I'm an, an unabashed lover of John Leguizamo, which is <laughs> probably stupid for anybody to say, and I'm sorry everybody who's listening. But, no, don't apologize. No, this is amazing. <laughs> no I, I think everybody involved does a really good job with their parts. Robert Downey Jr. and um, Dustin Hoffman are both fantastic in like their short parts that they have in the film. John Favreau, I think just rings so true he wants to get so involved in the characters that he portrays in his like movies that he stars and directs in and i think he just does such a great job with it like he feels like a great chef like i want to i want to eat all the food that john favreau makes (laughs) if you're a foodie like if you like love food porn this movie's fantastic for that alone and then on top of that i think it's got a really cool and interesting story to it too so I definitely think it's it's uh, it's worth checking out. I was yeah, I, I really want to see this because these are the movies that I kind of want to see John Favreau totally direct. Totally, uh, I mean I Iron Man's fun and everything. Yeah, and, Iron Man's fine, but I just felt like yeah, Iron Man two and then Cowboys and Aliens was the next one he did. Yeah. Those yeah. felt like things that just got away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, it's nice to see him go back to yeah. something like that. So I'm really excited to see that. And, and I think it's, it's funny good. because I think the movie kind of mirrors that situation a little bit. Really, too. so it's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think I watched anything else too important. So I think right now I'm going to cut away to myself in the future talking about oh, what? What? we're doing some time travel here, guys. <laughs> we are doing we are reviewing Edge of Tomorrow. But uh, I'm going to get, throw it away to myself, who will go over the box office numbers for this week's summer movie wager update, and then uh, we will come right back and talk about some film news. So see you on the other side. 
Thank you, past self. Here we are with the Summer Movie Wager box office update for the week of Monday, June 9th, 2014. Uh, domestically, The Fault in Our Stars won number one this weekend, with Maleficent at number two and Edge of Tomorrow at number three. Kind of surprising to me, because I kind of figured Edge of Tomorrow might make it out at the top. But uh, we'll see if I'm disappointed in that fact or not later in the episode. Uh, let's take a look at the top ten worldwide. We got Amazing Spider-Man 2 sitting atop the list at $699.4 million. But edging very close behind, we've got X-Men Days of Future Past at $610 million. I wouldn't be surprised if X-Men overtakes Spider-Man within the next two weeks. Uh, number three, we've got Godzilla at $393.9 million. Maleficent at number four with $336.3 million. Neighbors at number five with $223.5 million. Edge of Tomorrow debuting at number six with $139.8 million worldwide. Uh, the Fault in Our Stars is at number seven with 65.1 worldwide. 65.1 million, that is. Uh, a Million Ways to Die in the West at $50.3 million. Uh, number nine is Blended with $38.7 million. And finally, Million Dollar Arm is at number 10 with $32 million. Um, we got two sequels coming out this weekend, 22 Jump Street and How to Train Your Dragon 2. Both are getting pretty good buzz, although I feel as though 22 Jump Street's buzz is glowing. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But back to my past self with some film news. Thank you, Alex. We're back. <laughs> uh, right on to some film news here. So I think we're going to start off with the film news applicable that uh, that applies to our summer movie wager, which is the Wachowskis' Jupiter Ascending has been pushed to February 2015. Wow. I think we had four of 17 people that had it somewhere on their ballots. I think three of them had them in their Dark Horses so you guys are lucky. Somebody had it at number 10, I think, and that person is not so lucky, because that's 13 points that they can't get. Yeah, you know, it's 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 G.I. Joe 2 all over again. Exactly. You know? uh, it's funny. It's become, like, there's a movie that gets pushed back, like, in every summer, basically. And apparently it's always a Channing Tatum vehicle. <laughs> so, well, one year it was Apollo 18, which thankfully Chan Chan didn't touch. No, but. no. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. It's... It's one of those unforeseen things when it comes to the movie wager that there's nothing that can prepare you for that. No. I mean, it's a, some movies I think there's it's pretty fairly obvious that they're not going to miss a release date. You know, like the big, big, big movies, the the Marvel movies or the Transformers and stuff. They're going to make that date. Yeah. But there's always like one or two that maybe could get you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just push I think we're all disappointed that we won't see Goat Chan Chan going. This on is anyway. this is heartbreaking yeah. to me. Like I'm really bummed about this because I, I love the Wachowskis and I had this on my anticipated. You did, mm -hmm. you did. And my argument for this is, I, I from what I read, it sounds like there are some effects issues okay. that they're trying to clean up. Taking a little longer to. Yep. What I I just this movie's gonna bomb no oh, matter yeah. what sure, when yeah. it comes out. I just want to see it like. It's selfish, but, like, I just just put it in front of me. Like, nobody's going to watch it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> putting a Chan Chan vehicle in February... Yeah. Oh, but guess the Seventh Sun, which has been delayed for four or five years. And it's probably going to make it into 2016 at this point, <laughs> but uh, the movie's had, like, a decade it's of release It's going to go right to video, I think. But, but no, like, I, honestly, putting it in February is probably not a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, this could have been up against things like Transformers in July and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So getting it out yeah. of the way, not the worst idea in terms of box office. Like, it could... Like I was saying to Willie with Edge of Tomorrow, if Edge of Tomorrow came out in January, I think it'd be making a ton of money. Because it'd be something, like, it, worth going yeah. out to see. It probably Right would. now, it might get crowded out by other other things. But okay. I think Jupiter Ascending might fare better in February. And okay. We'll see. Okay. I spent more time on this than I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I did put it in the docket. Um, 
So speaking of movies that, uh, you know, big Marvel movies that aren't going to miss the release date. <laughs> yeah, well, no matter what. Yeah, yeah no, like, no, no matter what. Sure. If Even the entire if they... cast is wiped out in, a, in, a, in Into the Storm, <laughs> then they will still make this film. Uh, we have a director for Ant-Man. Now that uh, Edgar Wright has has stepped away and Anna McKay has passed. And, kind uh, of. Uh, who? Kind of passed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we had one more person pass. Uh, no, uh, seriously, they've, they they literally talked they've gone through to every, comedy director. every single director that's directed a mainstream comedy in the last 10 years. It's It was absurd. I, some of the names I didn't even know, but I looked up the credits. I'm like, seriously, guys? Like, you are there's clearly something you're going for here. I'll, I'll give them that much. <laughs> Well, they've landed finally on Peyton Reed, uh, most known for Bring It On, I believe, and Yes Man. Yes Man. Uh, Tim Tim loves him for Down With Love, which we may get to in a second. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Peyton Reed's going to direct, and apparently Adam McKay is going to help work on the script, which is, according to rumor, in shambles. But the Midwest Filmers podcast doesn't comment on rumor or speculation. <laughs> so, um, yeah. what do you guys think? Willie, where does this leave you with Ant-Man? I don't know. You know, here's the thing is, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Ant-Man for me is one of those characters that I've never been particularly like fond of. I don't have any sort of major Ant-Man love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he usually works better in a group setting. Um, I, I know they can make an Ant-Man movie that works. And I think it definitely required somebody like Wright to really... Uh, have a vision. Yeah, I have a very clear and, and unique vision about it, and I, I don't know. I'm not as excited as I was. I mean, it's it's nothing to do with Peyton Reed. I I don't have a, I, Bring It On's hilarious. Yeah, bring like, It On's great. I'm sorry, yeah. that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, and I've never seen Down with Love. We'll get to that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I don't know. I'm not upset about it. I just I guess the whole situation seems like a lot of fuss over Ant Man. Right. Like, yeah, like, I hate to say that. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure Nick's gonna be really upset with me next week about this. No, but right. it seems like a lot of fuss over Ant Man, and I don't, I don't know. I'm just not sure if it's worth it. <laughs> like, make a Black Panther movie. Let's just cancel this bad boy. Like, insert him into Avengers three at some point. Like, it'll be all right. Uh, Tim, your thoughts? If this would have been announced before this team, because I really, really, I'm a huge Adam McKay fan. Okay, like, yeah. I think I've talked about 1995-96 SNL. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I fell in love with. Like, him and Farrell together are my favorite comedy team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a really smart guy, and I know that he is into a lot of the old, like, Stan Lee. Yeah, he's a fan. He's a fan. Yeah. He's a fan. Um, he's not... Like, I guess he's not, like, outspoken about it or anything. But I know he, he is into it. I know Peyton Reed is, too, just from seeing interviews. I've seen him in interviews. He's also very... Well, and he's been a- attached to or in talks to direct a, a number of comic book adaptations, I think. I mean, Fantastic Four the at Fantastic one point. Fantastic Four one, yeah. And, and I, Guardians. He was one of the two. Him and Gunn were the yeah. two last guys kind of battling he's, it out. So. Yeah, and I, um, I know um, McKay wanted to do uh, Garth Ennis, The Boys. Yeah. For a while, and he yep. never was able to get that off the ground. Um, I'm really, if, like I said, if this were announced before the Edgar Wright, like I'd be, I would be really excited for this. Yeah. Like the Edgar Wright thing is just a bummer because it could have been really amazing. Like that's always going to be in the back of everybody's head. Mm-hmm. Is that that could have been an amazing movie? But um, no, I'm a huge fan of Brigadad and Down with Love. Down with Love is like a, it's like a 60s sex comedy, like a, and it's amazing. And his idea for Fantastic Four was to make. Like a '60s, like a swinging '60s Marvel era, like Fantastic Four movie, and I have always wanted to see that. Like, yeah, I've always wanted to see I, superhero. Uh, as far as period, have we gotten any that are like period? Captain pieces? America, that's Cap, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
That's all I can think of. I always wanted, to, and I always wanted to see, yeah, X Men like Origins Wolverine. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, but like a forty <laughs> Superman would have been amazing for me, and I just I don't know. I, that's one of the biggest bummers. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sad. So I'm excited. I think it's just it's weird to me this whole process because it's almost like they've admitted that the scripts kind of screwed up because they brought McKay in to just basically rewrite it. Yeah, which I compl- I was telling you before, I yeah. don't understand this at all, because yeah. what did they do, delete every single copy <laughs> of the script beforehand? That's, here's, here's what I'm, when it comes to that rumor about the script being in shambles, I just don't understand, like, was it that big of a mess before the rewrites even? Like, like was the right Cornish script, like, not good? I, mean, I would they, doubt it. I mean, that that's the thing, and like, I would, that would just be weird to me. Yeah, it like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They, especially when they were working on it for like eight years. Yeah. Like, there's got to like it had to be at least halfway decent. Like, there's there's part of me that's like, well, they worked on it for eight years. Clearly, they were having trouble. But I don't even think that's it. I think a, a lot of the delay in Ant Man came down to scheduling and just the fact that they wanted to make sure they could get it right. Well, and I think part of it, to be honest, is that they they knew for a fact they would have guaranteed. Well. Closer to guaranteed hits with something like Thor or Captain yeah. America. Ant-Man is... Ant-Man not wasn't in the, the top of the list. No, he was not the top of the heap. And I think that they... If they I feel like they announced Ant-Man too early. Yeah. They were like, yeah, Ant-Man, Edgar Wright. Totally. Like, they should have totally. held back, I This think. is one of those ones that could have been floating in the background like Black Panther and Doctor Strange. Which know? could be very much further along in development than we realize, too. Who knows? Well, we don't... speaking of, yeah. Doctor Strange has gotten a director in Scott Derrickson... Uh, who directed uh, Sinister previously, and he's got a movie coming out in a couple weeks called Deliver Us from Evil. Um, so I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen any of his movies. He's done... He did a Hellraiser film. He did The Exorcism Ooh, which of Hellraiser Rose. film? Inferno, I believe. Hellraiser Inferno Is that the, uh, in, in is that the beer coat? Or not beer coat. Um, oh, I'm going to look up Hellraiser. Craig, Craig Sheffer. <laughs> Nick, oh, Nicholas I love Tartaro. that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, I do. I like that. Are one. you excited again? No, I'm in. It's really steamy. <laughs> yeah, and it's the very steamy. Really and steamy. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the Cenobites in that one are really kind of like sexual. I and, like, know. Weird. Yeah, yeah. the whole All thing's right. really kind of grungy and steamy. Yeah. All right, Tim, I wasn't in after Sinister, but now that I know he did Inferno, Tim's in for Doctor Strange. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's not what I expected, I guess. But then, who would expect? Scott no, I mean, Jackson, I think so. I think it's cool. I yeah. think it's kind of a, a little. A, it, to me, it's a little bit of a James Gunn kind of pick, where it's like it wasn't what I expected, but I think it could still turn out to be really cool. Totally, and I think that it's it's there's stuff he's done in the past. I mean, Sinister's all I've really seen. I've seen Inferno, but it's been way too long. <laughs> um, uh, Sinister has some cool visual stuff. Sinister's kind of spirit realmy, right? There's some of that. Mm. Yeah, not to the degree of like Insidious. Insidious okay. is a lot more yeah. of that, but. But Sinister has a lot of, like, ghost stuff and mystical... I, I can see why so they got, would... Yeah, he's got some proven, sen- like, slightly proven sensibility. There's some nervous chops there, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we. Uh, I guess we can say real quick, rumored casting, which is probably not going to happen, but right now, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy are being thrown around. Yeah, I, Tom Hardy's a horrible choice. I, I personally wanted... I, don't, I, I mean, Tom Hardy can disappear into characters, so I wouldn't... You know, I, write them off. But yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, personally, and I, yeah. I tweeted at Joanna Robinson with the at MFN podcast Twitter account. <laughs> I think Pedro Pascal of this season of Game of Thrones, uh, the one Dornish prince himself, uh, I think he would be a pretty interesting. I want to see him like do more, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, straight like I know nothing about Doctor Strange. I think he's got the look for it. 
Yeah, I think he's got the. Look. I I would I'd be down. The, the views of Alex Morel do reflect those of of <laughs> Willie Gibbs. In this case, I would be totally fine with that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have a, like a number one choice for Doctor Strange. I don't think there's anybody where I'm like it's got to be him. 1980s like, Pierce Brosnan. Oh no, yeah. If if Brosnan was if this was Brosnan Prime, boom, <laughs> it would be all set. So, all but right. he did Mamma Mia, so he's he's really his golden years have been have been quite fruitful. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. It's, it's not like he's, you know, out of the run, but, you know, they want younger people for Marvel I, movies. It makes sense. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps up our film news segment. We can get right into our review of Doug Lyman's Edge of Tomorrow, starring Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise and Bill Paxton. Oh, my God. And, and more. Uh, the synopsis on IMDb says, An officer finds himself caught in a time loop in a war with an alien race. His skills increase as he faces the same brutal combat scenarios, and his union with a special forces warrior get him closer and closer to defeating the enemy. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that none of us were excited for this movie going into it. Like, like excited. Right. No, no. I think, honestly, what's weird about this movie is this is one of those rare ones where I had no expectations. Yeah. Like, like everything I saw was so just bland and generic that I literally went in going, I don't... Eh. This is you one of the know. trailers that I watched because, at number one, I knew nothing about the movie. Number two, watching a trailer could only actually get me interested in it, and it didn't. No. Like I'd, there's nothing about any of the trailers that I saw that made me want to see this movie. Yeah, the marketing's so. not... No, the marketing's terrible, yeah. yeah. And it, it's weird because, yeah, I'm, I was kind of in the same boat, and I like Tom Cruise, and Doug Lyman, who directed it, directed... Go and Swingers are, like, two of my favorite. Like, I love Go and Swingers, and... I looked at his filmography and I've seen all of his movies and I don't think I dislike any of them. I think I like all of them. <laughs> which which Bourne did he do? The first one? He did the first Bourne. Okay. Yep. And I don't think he gets enough credit for how good of a job he does of setting up that universe and totally. that character. I totally. don't think he does. I, it's honestly it's it's my I think it's my favorite of the three. Really? I mean, yeah. which is I think maybe not the uh, popular opinion, but I yeah, I like all of them, but I can I can see that. Yeah. Jumper's not so good. Though. In a post-Haywire <laughs> world, I don't like any of them as much. Jumper, anyway. yeah, Jumper, like, looking over is probably my least favorite. Jumper's hamstrung by a really terrible lead actor. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, and, I, and I don't, I think the movie itself is kind of fun. Um, but... He's not terrible. He's just not right for that part. <laughs> because he's fantastic in Life as a House. Okay. He's but... great in Shattered Glass, too. There you go. But... Okay, he's good in two movies, and he's <laughs> yeah. terrible at everything else I've seen. He was so good in those two movies that he he just he just anyway, there's nothing left. Okay, we're, getting, we're getting we're getting off the beaten path. Yeah, here. We're... so Edge of Tomorrow. None of us were excited. No, we can just get right into it. Willie, what did you think about Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow's sweet. It's really cool. It's like. It's it's the best like video game adapta- adaptation ever. There's no video game for it. <laughs> yeah. Um it's We should say original property. Yeah, I it's this, Oh, you it, know what? No, it was based on a book. Which has an incredible name. Oh, it's by based the on way. a book. Yeah, yes. The name name of it is uh, that's um, too bad actually. Oh, look up the name cuz Yeah, I will. Really I will. <laughs> it almost makes me sad because I was well whatever, it doesn't matter. Who cares. Um it's it's awesome. It the the action, I wanted to say yeah, the action in particular is one of those all you need is kill. All you need is kill. It's a manga. Oh, isn't it? that's yes. right. Yes. That's right. Because I remember when this, this was called "All You Need Is Kill." Yeah. Okay, I thought those are two different things completely. So thanks, guys. Um, no, the the action's really awesome in this movie, and it, I oftentimes, as more and more summer blockbusters continue to recycle the same action beats, it feels like over and over and over again. Um, it's nice to see. 
it's nice to have moments in this movie that make me go, ooh, like, oh my yeah. god, like, feel like the, the sense of wonder and awe at the awesomeness that's going on. Um, and there's a couple sequences in this movie where I was just like, yes, this is so cool. I just felt super jacked about what I was watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the plot's awesome, too. I mean, it, I don't know. It could have been... It could have been bad. Yeah. This movie could have been terrible. It could have been a, a complete mess. A disaster. And and really, the trailers kind of made it look like it might be. Um, but Lyman handles it very, very well. And there's, there's some pretty clear... Up until, I would say, towards the end, there's some very, very clear rules as to how this version of time travel works. Mm-hmm. And what he... Uh, what, uh, the characters can do and what they can't do. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. Like, I, I hate... If you're going to do, do time travel in a movie, that it can't be nebulous. There has to be a very strict set of rules or else I, it kind of takes me out of it We talked bit. about this a little bit in, in our X-Men Days of Future yeah. Past. There's yeah. kind of a few different ways you can go about it. You can try to explain it, which is difficult. Sure. It takes a lot of work. Or you can go the looper route oh, and be like, don't ask questions. Sure. And, and I, I think more often than not, you should at least try to explain some of it. I mean, looper, it worked, I yeah. felt like. But that, that's a, I think that's the exception to the rule. They kind of pull, there's a line of dialogue in this, too, where they kind of pull the looper. And I, a little bit. I, 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 I clapped in the theater, I think, when looper didn't <laughs> said that line because I yeah. loved it. So, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's kind of nice. I don't know. It, it, it handles all of the different sci-fi elements very well. Mm-hmm. And... It, <laughs> I hate to compare it to Oblivion, but Oblivion Tom, another is another Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise science fiction movie yeah. that has a lot of different plucks, different ideas of sci-fi fiction, and throws them all into a blender and hits yeah. frap, you know, whatever. This one does it better than Oblivion. Is there a Frappuccino button on your blender? Yeah, I was going to say Frappuccino. It's beautiful. I was going to say Frappe or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you should have let that go. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this one does it way better, I feel like. There's a... Every all of the you know the the, the alien invasion angle and the time yeah. travel angle they they feel organic together. Oblivion felt a little cobbled. Yeah, like these the it feel the elements feel woven together in this movie. Whereas absolutely, they had like, to stretch a lot more with Oblivion. Oblivion was just like, hey, look at these things that are occurring. These like it's not like they don't lead into each other. They don't inform each other. Yeah, yeah, and and Emily Blunt, um, I'm. I've never seen Emily Blunt in anything where I was like, oh my god, I understand why like she's become... Did you like, see The Adjustment Bureau? Um, I have not. Okay. So maybe that has something to do I with it. I love The Adjustment Bureau, and she's <clears> amazing <throat> in it, so... But, I mean, I've, I've, I don't dislike her, but I've I never her seen Looper, her... too. Ah. I've never seen her in anything where I was like, oh my gosh, Emily Blunt, I get it. Yeah, okay. and, and, and this that. time around, I got it. Like, it was very cool to see, like, like a strong female character. Mm-hmm. It was so, like... Way to go, guys. Like, <laughs> you actually made it happen. She did not have to either be throwing herself at the at the male lead, nor did she have to be cowering in a corner at anything. She's a badass. And she's, yeah. a, and she's a badass who doesn't spend half the movie talking about how badass she is. Yes, she's a badass. Yes, exactly. And she doesn't go with that, that Mila Jovovich Resident Evil route where she's just, like, staring pouty at nothing. the camera. She, she just, she's a blank slate. Yeah, she, yeah. so uh, she was awesome in this movie, yeah. and... Um, I really, really appreciate the filmmakers like creating a female character that is a badass without being like a, an emotionless robot, boring. Ugh. Yeah, so thank you for that, guys. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right, All right. Tim, what did you think of Edge of Tomorrow? Oh, I really, really liked it. Like, I had a lot of fun during this movie. This movie's a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. funny. Um, it's really what a summer movie should be because it's not. It's smart too. It's not. 
It's not like genius, but it's very clever. It's and not brain straining. No, it's just... <laughs> no, it's just it's smart enough. It knows what it is, and it plays around with a lot of um, those type of conventions and everything. I, yeah, enjoyed this uh, quite a bit. I wanted to talk a little bit because this is. Um, I don't think this made a lot of money. I think no. we're still. It's number three, like estimate wise, it's number three behind the Fault in Our Stars at number one and Maleficent oh, really? at number two. Yeah, it's, oh, which it's is couple of mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. It's, in that's, my that's crazy. Someone. Um, it sounds like it's going to breach a hundred, about a hundred million worldwide at the end of the weekend. Okay, which that's, that's not bad. It's not bad, but it's not. Do we? Uh, maybe I'm look what at the they budget. were hoping. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring up someone, Amy Nicholson, who is a writer. Yeah. Uh, she wrote at the Amy Nicholson on Twitter. <laughs> yes. She wrote. She writes for LA Week, Weekly, and she wrote this amazing article. It was. It's called "How YouTube and the Internet Internet Journalism Destroyed Tom Cruise, Our Last Real Movie Star." Yes. It's yeah. a really, really good article. They talked about that on the A Million Ways to Die in the West. Uh, she was on there to on oh, the Slash Filmcast to review. Oh, that. really? Yeah, and they okay. talked about it a little bit. But, but it's amazingly interesting, and it just. Uh, Tom Cruise kind of it kind of bums me out when stuff like this bombs for him because this is what I like to see him in. Yeah, this is the characters that he's basically playing Jerry Maguire again. But <laughs> I mean, that's what he's good at, and this is um, I think he's really good in this. And it bums me out because she brings up a point, and I don't think he gets enough credit for this. But when he was at the height of his stardom, he was in Eyes Wide Shut and Minority Report, and Vanilla Sky, and Magnolia. Like, he was making really interesting movies. Those are all, like, vastly different films. Yeah. Hugely different. He was different. making great choices. And then all of a sudden, like, the Oprah thing happened, and him him owning Matt Lauer, which is, like, my favorite thing. It's really funny, yeah. <laughs> I was like, go Tom. When he calls him glib. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best. I was like, get him. And, like, he just kind of, I don't know, he got a lot less interest. He's basically become an action star now. And he's kind of fallen back because I think he thinks that's what people want from him. And that's not necessarily true. But I, I, this, these are the characters. And this is, it reminded me a little bit of his character in War of the Worlds, which is another movie, I think. The first hour of is, like, my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> the first hour of War of the Worlds is so good. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I think he's good in this. And him and Blunt are good together. Emily Blunt. I'm a big Emily Blunt fan. Um, have been. Like I said, I, the Adjustment Bureau is where I, her and Damon are, like, amazing. Like, I don't know how they're not married. <laughs> but, and, uh, well, she married Jim Halpert, so you know. Oh, did she? Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, Star of Leatherheads. Star of Leatherheads. It oh, all comes God. around, boys. <laughs> Full this, circle. This podcast is touching on everything. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had a lot of fun during it. Uh, production budget was 178 million, according to Box Office Mojo. The estimates put it at 140 million worldwide, which. Not bad. I think it'll make its money back in the end, but it won't be a runaway hit. Yeah, unless, I don't think we're, don't think unless, we're getting a sequel. Or unless anything. the good press drives it forward, which... I mean, it's also sad to watch something that's... I guess it's not an original property. It's original enough. Yeah, yeah. it's but, more original than a sequel. Right? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's. I guess The Fault in Our Stars, though. I mean, good for that, too. That's another... That's an adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah. But it's... I guess that has a built-in fan, more built-in fan base than this, but it's kind of sad to watch something that's original kind of go out and flounder, especially something that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, I mean, whatever. Hopefully, it, <laughs> hopefully it does okay. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a gigantic science fiction fan, and uh, generally, I like to see any kind of science fiction do well. Usually, I prefer it to be smart science fiction, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. science fiction that doesn't ask any questions and doesn't allow you to do so. Um, and that leads into a little bit of the issues that I have with this movie, but this movie kind of blew me away. Like, this could end up in my top ten at the end of the year, mm-hmm. just because of how smart it is, and the premise, and what they kind of explore with it, and how, how well they apply Groundhog Day to the wartime <laughs> scenario. 
it's I've, I just found it infinitely interesting and, and there's so much to think about. Like even like, I love how the movie kind of plays with like, you don't know how many times Tom Cruise has gone through something in particular. Like he's just like, <laughs> it just makes these leaps to him doing things like, like a pro. And it's like, Oh, I don't know if he's done that a million times or if this is just, he got lucky this one time. It's cool. I like that idea. It makes you realize that his character could mentally be like ancient by the end of the movie. Yeah. Like he could, yeah, he could be like 400 years old. By the end of the movie. <laughs> Which is awesome. That's a really cool idea to me. And, um, but no, I think this movie kind of hits all the right notes for me, personally. Um, I think everybody involved is fantastic. Brendan Gleeson, somebody I didn't mention at the beginning, oh, does a great yeah. job as, like, a, you know, the general. Of- it's nice to see him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, you guys have already touched on Emily Blunt. Tom Cruise, uh, if you go back to our Oblivion episode last year, probably episode 40-some, 30-something, something like that. Uh, I was really looking forward to Oblivion, and I think I remember saying, you could probably quote me as saying, if anybody else was in this movie, I probably would have liked it more. Yeah. And I think that still holds true for me, personally. I Even though, seen it, yeah. like, I didn't love the story of Oblivion, but I just felt like somebody could have carried it a little bit better. Uh, I was worried about how Tom Cruise wasn't really going to disappear into the role for me, because it's Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. This time around, like, I'd love, like, my weird dislike of Tom Cruise has stopped me from seeing a lot of his filmography and some of it's just the fact of my fact of my age like i was too young to see jerry Maguire, but i love seeing him in this kind of role that somewhat takes him down a peg no this is what he's good at yeah and that's i I think not only do do i think it does him that he does it well but i also think it's kind of the thing that he needs right now Mm -hmm. because he got so big it's interesting to see him trampled on a little bit getting railroaded as he says in the movie i think it's i think it's fun to see him fight against that. I think he does a very good job with it. Um, so I actually like Tom Cruise quite a bit. <laughs> He's always film. been good at playing, yeah, that kind of that kind of manic, kind of cocky yeah. dick. But I mean, he's not a bad guy, but he's kind of a dipshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's like one of the, I don't know. One of the things I like about his character in this movie is that a lot of the time you find the hero of the sci-fi action film is like a badass right out of the gate. Like, yeah, they don't they don't earn it. Like there's no there's no trials for the character to go through anymore. I feel like, mm-hmm. and with with this character, clearly he goes through hell. Well, to... there's I, I feel like there's a jump in the movie where he goes a little bit from being inept to being a badass. But I think the language of the movie shows how that could have occurred in mm-hmm. the first place with the jumps that you I don't was talking have to about. See it, yeah. So right. uh, like just just the the confines that the movie sets up, it makes sense that he would appear one day to just be a badass you know sure mm-hmm. so i think i think that worked out really well and even in the end it's not necessarily it is like a complete badass no i mean he's still he still like, has faults and he's not perfect like nobody i don't know like uh, like i think if you took this guy and put him in a situation where he didn't relive it a million times he'd still be a terrible soldier yeah oh yeah so i think that's kind of interesting i think that's cool oh yeah totally yeah. but um no what else do i want to say the effects i I remember being worried about the action seeing the trailers, and I think sometimes it looks a little bit goofy, but I think it could have been a lot worse. And, and I think some of the creature design is part of that. Like, as I, the creatures move very strangely. There's they almost like stutter as they move. Yeah, there's kind of a weird. So the, I I don't know if that was done to mask some of the lower effects budget, or. Well. If, I, I don't know. To me, to me, I, I like the creatures. I like the creatures' design. I like how they move. I think some of it's, to me, just, like, the fluidity that these people wearing, like, mech exoskeletons is very 
it's awkward mm. because they don't look particularly elegant. They don't look like they would move in the way that these people are moving. Okay. So it's, it's a weird balance of like the power behind like an exoskeleton kind of makes you lumbering, but to see people being agile in them and like mo- using that kind doing that kind of action with them is kind of a strange dissociation for me, mm-hmm. but I still think it works in the end. I think, uh, you know, I was able to tuck that part of my concern away and enjoy it anyway. Really, my only issue is that I feel as though if you start asking too many questions about things, you won't have answers. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, the time travel does get kind of... it does. It's pretty plainly laid out. But as the movie progresses, I think, I think if I looked really hard at this movie, I'd be able to find a few holes that aren't plugged. Sure. So, and, and, but I haven't yet. And, you know, I think the movie does pretty well uh, regardless. Oh, yeah. So, score was good, not super... I had know. no problems with it. And I will say, there was an Alex's tears moment. I actually wiped <laughs> tears away from my eyes. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. It Just when they 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 really hit the stride of the first Groundhog Day montage. Okay. I was. It was just like, not only is it all really well done, but I just got to the point where I was like, oh my god, this is going to be a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got really excited, and I actually like... <laughs> That's my, funny. My, my, te- my eyes welled up with tears. I was like, this is going to be sweet. You know, that first montage is really good. Though. Yes. Like, it's really well That done. was the moment when I realized, like, I wasn't 100, like, I would say, like, you were still 20, just like, 20 minutes in, I was like, eh, eh, yeah. we'll see, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, by that point, it's like, all right, now, now I'm in it. Now Absolutely. I'm, yeah, you sold me. There is a moment where you can hear the, the uh, cash register go off in your head. You're like, <laughs> You're I, like nope, yep. they got it. Good, per- <laughs> good purchase on my, on my, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think we will move to spoiler territory. Oh, Bill Paxton, hold on. Oh, yeah, slam the brakes. <laughs> here. I apologize. Let's, let's pump those brakes. Bill Paxton is awesome. That's Absolutely. all I have. That's what Absolutely. I Absolutely, like and it's funny because he's just a straight constant through the whole movie, and I love him every time he's on screen. He, there are little the the little things he does with his performance each time that he's responding differently to whatever Tom Cruise is doing differently are so good. Yeah. Like he, he has the perfect response to every Tom Cruise thing. It's, I love it. He's yeah. just so good. Yeah. He's amazing. And he's always the best. I mean, he's always amazing. his best in military roles too. I feel yeah. like yeah. he's just got that. Like, he, like he's just going to chew somebody's ass. Like he just, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> he's so good. Oh yeah. Paxton's fantastic. Sorry. The only person that I didn't really like was the female in in the their group? Oh, in the unit. What was the deal with that actress? She just is she like she tried to be too tomboyish, like like military. She southern. I, that's the problem. Like she like had too much affect on her character. Like if she would have just played it as like a like a Ripley or something like that. A little more straight than yeah, the, it yeah. would it would have been perfectly <laughs> fine. But she just tried a bit too hard. Like it. She was weird. So, I kind of laughed at her though a couple uh, times. Yeah. So I, I was almost. Not I can see what you're saying, but I thought you were like, like, I, I like mean, it's weird. It, clearly, <laughs> clearly, it didn't ruin the movie for me. No, but it no. Just felt, yeah. it, like it, it, she kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. To oh, me, totally. So. But she was funny. Like I remember laughing a few times, just like unintentionally laughing at like some of her lines. Like, what did she just yeah, say? Right. Like, <laughs> like why are why would you even want to be around this person? There are real like, humans that would never say that kind. Of, like no. nobody in the world talks like that no. at all. Nope. But. You should go hang out with Dane DeHaan from The Amazing Story. <laughs> Everybody should. <laughs> anyway, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, we all highly recommend. Yeah, yes. no, go see it. Go if see you it. can see it in Dolby Atmos, go do Ooh, it. Oh yeah, the sound is really good. Sound yeah, the sound is really, fantastic. really good. Yeah, there were there were a couple moments where I like jumped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Ooh, yeah, you know? yeah. Totally. So definitely, definitely go see it and with a really cool in a really cool theater if yeah. you can. Yeah, go see this movie. 
This movie's good. All right, sounds good. We will take a break for Spoiler Terry, and then we'll be right back. Here we are in Spoiler Terry for Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Willie, you wanted to lead off with a little bit about the end. Yeah, okay. So I was really, really into this movie the whole time. I'm not going to lie. The end doesn't ruin it, but it was a little disappointing for me. I was... It feels like a little bit of a cheat, even with the existing, like, time travel elements of the movie. Mostly because it, this doesn't, this, this whole resetting back to, uh, the day again, it doesn't quite feel right to me. There's something about it that, and then at at the same time, not only resetting, but also retaining the death of the, it feels like the new 52 DC comics to me, whereas (laughs) you can't just pick and choose. Like, that's not fair. So, yeah. I'm willing to forgive it because everything that comes before it is so good that I, I really don't care. Yeah, um, like, we, it gets a little... It, it, the the conceit behind it, I think, is basically just that by killing the Omega, that somehow reverberates back through the past and makes them win before the battle at the shore even starts. And it's cool because... They, it comes out of magic blood. Like, that's fine. That's that's the logic of this movie is there's magic time blood. So that's fine. But, there, but even the magic time blood, whatever... You accept that conceit, whatever. You understand how the time travel works. The problem with the ending is that it somehow goes even further back than yeah. than the time loop did in the first place. Yeah, he's getting to England, like or London, right as yeah. So it it just it and and on top of that, somehow the Omega dies earlier. It's just weird. There's, it doesn't. It's all unexplained, and it doesn't. Like you said, it doesn't ruin the movie. But for somebody like me who wants to ask these questions. It's it leaves a lot to be desired. There's a bit of a disconnect there, yeah. and it doesn't feel. See, the rest of the movie to me feels really honest, like like the portrayal of of Emily Blunt's character and mm. the relationship between the two. Like it feels like everything feels pretty genuine in this movie, uh, especially for a sci-fi movie. Like these feel like real people, and um, I don't know. There's just something about it. Just feels disingenuine. Like I, I honestly wanted the end to be the two of them sacrificing themselves to like make this happen. To end the war. Like yeah, yeah it would have been kind of a downer. But I thought that's where it was going, and then yeah. kind of yeah. And, and I, it I, caps out a little. But. I kind of yeah, would have preferred like, oh, that. We're going like, to give you your happy ending mm-hmm. for your summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. I I really I, I don't mind happy endings, and oftentimes when I'm watching, maybe not movies like this, but. Uh, Oftentimes I watch movies nowadays and I'm like, why did I have to end on such a fucking sad note? Like, yeah. it's not necessary. Quit being cynical. This time I was kind of like, I'm alright with that. Like, I kind of want to... Well, it wouldn't have been cynical either. No. It would have been a, a nice Hopeful, actually. for his character. Too. Yeah, I mean, he would have gone from literally, technically, over the span of 48 hours, if you really want to... <laughs> um, he would have gone from being this sniveling, blackmailing wimp that's trying to get out of any sort of confrontation to being, like, the savior of the universe. It's yeah. amazing. Um but I don't know. I I'm not mad at it. I guess it just it's a little <laughs> bit of a disappointment. It's a little bit of a disappointment. So. Yeah. No, I can see that. That's that's where I started to have a little bit issues with the last like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It felt like it goes into goes into standard Hollywood blockbuster mode, and it's fine. I mean, it it it's never bad, but yeah, that, it's just not the most satisfying route. No. It, no. It, it almost would have been cooler to have to have shown you. Like, like eight or like a bunch of attempts at raiding the. Well, they couldn't because of the plot of the movie. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a, there was a, there's a more interesting way to cap off that, that movie. Didn't, that was the pro- that didn't hit as well as I thought it was meant to. Was that he was done? 
like his oh, life, the, like, yeah. like he was down to his last life. Sure. Like yeah. I didn't think they hit that well enough. Yeah. It was weird. Like because I his, loved the idea. His mortality was not touched on. In no. That final. No, and I loved the idea of. Yeah, going into that final act with, like, this is it. Like, you don't have another shot. Like, you can't mm-hmm. reset this time. And I, for some reason, the movie kind of shies away from it. And yeah. I didn't understand that. So that was kind of a that was kind of a letdown for me when it came to the end of the movie. So Yeah, you missed the, the Groundhog Day element a little bit. Because mm-hmm. it's totally just the raid on Alien, you know, whatever. So, I don't know, that was a bit of a disappointment. What's not a disappointment is um, <laughs> the recycling of the, the very careful very careful um, masterwork that is recycling Emily Blunt's doing yoga poses. <laughs> <laughs> the same. That, you, you said poses. That's plural. I think that's incorrect. Yoga pose. Yoga yeah. pose. Um, <laughs> There's one. Which is really just her snaking up yeah. upwards while her cleavage... I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> you know, that girl's in some good shape and way to, way to show it off, Doug Lyman. <laughs> I mean, that was, I don't know. That was one of my... Brian Singer couldn't touch that. <laughs> no, God, no, he'd screw that all up. Um, but no, that was, it was, it was funny because I, walking into the theater, yeah. <laughs> walking into the theater, I think I said to one of you guys, I said, yeah. I'm really excited for Emily Blunt's sweaty scene because yep. it was in like, it was, it was in not, every yeah. trailer. It's an entrapment, like, like a yeah. Zeta. You're like, well, I want to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of steamy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. But anyway, I'm really happy that guy, that guy recycled it, like. A lot. Three times, three or four so, times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom Cruise is running in this. He's a big runner in most of his movies. <laughs> this was kind of blocked, though, by the robot suit. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think we got as much as I would have liked. <laughs> his best running performance has got to be Mission Impossible 3. He runs a lot in that movie. Because that's the one where he, he runs and then he gets blasted. And falls the into the car. Yeah, yeah. Well, the planes oh, are shooting true. at the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. What about when he's running from the sandstorm though? That's pretty good. That's a good one. In, in Ghost Protocol. But oh, they didn't play yeah. sandstorm in the background, so <laughs> it wasn't as good so as they, it could have been. They didn't live to their full potential. No, it could have been better. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, he does a lot of running in this, yeah. but it's very yeah covered up because he's got he's got good posture too. His running. Yeah. Like, he's very stand. You're a big straight. fan of his run. I love. Yeah, I love his run. I've always preferred Robert Patrick and T two, but well, I mean, I just meant like yeah, this is his like. This is his shtick. Yeah, this yeah. is his thing. It's a signature. It's yeah. a signature move, and I don't think he gets enough credit for it. It, it was restricted a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I can feel you on that. Or maybe yeah. he's just growing. Maybe he is. You know, you he's know? got a robot suit. He's trying to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to change my run-up in this one. <laughs> Wait till the audience to see this. <laughs> I want to talk about... Okay, um, you want to talk about something actually other no, than the yoga I mean, poses not, and running? Not really. This is just no, this is all more, important this stuff. Is, this is just me heaping more praise on the movie. But okay. I, I kind of want to talk about the um, the uh, kind of the recycling of, of his introduction to everybody. Mm. Like, uh, just kind of seeing how he changes it every time. You talked about it a little bit, Willie. But yeah. seeing how his performance changes and how the people around him change and... Looking at the ways that he tries to make re- people realize that there's something going on, and them just completely like being flabbergasted and be like, "What is up with this dude?" and then yeah. walking away. Like I love the scene where he just when he wa- as soon as he walks in, he pulls the sheet over the rest of the cards and winks at the guy, and just like it's like every time that they kind of did that, like that they show kind of the minute changes, and and he walks in and Noah Taylor's like, "How many fingers am I holding?" Or he he doesn't even say it. He just sees him go to put fingers behind his back, and he's like, "You have two fingers behind your back." Yeah, it, I loved that. I thought yeah, it was, it was really cool. really cool. It was really clever and it was fun. It is smart, and 
it was smart to make his character, I don't know what he is in them, but like a salesman, too. Yeah, like, like yeah. It was a cool way to go about showing that. a suaveness about him. Because you could tell, like, early on, but as he gets more and more comfortable knowing what he's doing, that's when he starts that's pulling funny. out. That's funny. I didn't even think about that parallel, yeah. but, like, the idea that he was selling the war to, to people right. recruiting, and then here he just ends up selling the idea that he, like, has lived through this multiple times. I think that's... Yeah, that's interesting. That's very cool. That's yeah. very cool. Um, oh, what else? I don't know. I mean, uh, I I do. I don't know. I do want to bring up. I one of my. I I honestly started to feel, and not just because of Paxton. I started to feel some aliens vibes, just because you've got these like the, this cool tech, and you got these like space grunts, and like that was you know I they're gonna from, fight yeah. the the alien monsters and stuff. So there was there's a kind of a parallel there, and I think the drop ship is part of it too. It reminded me of, like something from like a Jim Cameron you know aliens mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. But um, I would have liked for some of the squad to get a little more development. You get an, a, a, yeah. a little bit of an idea of who they are, maybe. I mean, like, the, the big fat guy has this little quirk where he's naked underneath his... Which mm-hmm. is funny. You know, but... I don't know. I would have liked a little more development just because it would have been... There would have been more of an excitement going into that last... That third yeah. act. If you knew who they were and you're like, yeah, he's getting the team together. Like, here we go, you know. So I, I would have appreciated maybe to know a bit more about them or have him spend some time training with them. Just, yeah. And, and you don't need to, you don't need an extra 20 minutes of screen time to build those those characters up. No. I mean, a lot of the characters in, I'm using Aliens as an example again, but a lot of the characters in Aliens, like, really don't have that much screen time. But when they, like, when they die, I'm like, oh, man, that sucks, you know, like, because you... There's something about them that you liked, you know, so... Yeah, they just... They spend... In the beginning, they spend so much time beating up on Tom Cruise, which, you know, whatever. But you don't get much of him going out... Like, you get a few times of him saving them, but they don't really reflect upon, like, understanding who he is. It's a little bit of a flaw of the script, because he gets reset every day. He's not going to build up a camaraderie with these people, so it's not yeah. ultimately going to matter too much if something happens to them. Mm-hmm. Especially because you know they're just going to be right back to where they are the next day. Right. I guess but, I just like for us to care about them. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I and I understand that. I yeah. think that's a valid concern. I just I. That's a hard. That's a hard problem to solve. It's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really is. Um. I don't know. I'm. I'm sure it was doable though. And honestly, if, if the movie was like ten minutes longer, I don't think it'd be a problem. I like it where it's at. But mm-hmm. it would have been nice to like. I would have. I would have enjoyed it if. And I would have felt like the. The last bit of the movie was a little more maybe. I was a little more engaged in the last, like, bits of the movie if I was like, oh, shit, that sucks. Like, you know, like the last stand scenario with, you know, the two guys and stuff. I don't know. I think. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't even know who those two guys No, I was like, <laughs> I don't remember who these people are. And then I think that the the big guy, the the heavyset guy dies on the dropship, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Like, he's gone. I think um, if we kind of chart out the act structure here, you've got act one, which is him maybe getting the power and discovering what it is act two is him teaming up with her and then going through their thing and then act three is like finally ending it yeah i think act two starts to bog down a little bit maybe in the middle especially like some of it's by effect because they want to show him getting tired out and the fact that he's like there's nothing i can do to change any of this every time we just end up dying something goes wrong you know, I have to do this a million times in order to find out the exact footsteps mm-hmm. to get through this properly. But I feel like some of that time could have been better used. Because you kind of get through the language of, like, okay, he's failed a billion times here. We kind of understand we can move on. And then I feel like you still get a little bit more of that, too. Mm-hmm. I think um, some of that time itself might have been a little bit better spent with 
the team, like you're saying. Yeah. And kind of, um, like, it would have been cool if they would have started to rely on a little bit more. It'd obviously, it'd be hard because if they can't let the people on, like, no, because they would think they're crazy and whatnot. But it would have been cool to kind of get that crew to start to go along with them sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try, like, 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 let like, them in on the joke a bit earlier, maybe. Yeah, you know, and, so and, that and, they... and not only that, but also kind of like, you know, you get the scene of him saving the big guy because the big guy always gets crushed by the plane at the mm-hmm. beginning of the drop. Like, uh, it, it would have been better to, like, have them have him be like oh you saved me you know i should probably help you out during this or he runs around shooting all the people around all of his crew and mm-hmm. then maybe they're like oh he knows what he's doing maybe we should see and that would have been a cool way for like like that's what i mean with yeah you need like there's little beats like if you saw them even doing cool like actiony stuff like if one of them was like an expert at like swords or something like mm-hmm. that then i'd be like that's the cool sword dude like i might not even know his name but i'd be like behind him i'd be like yeah that guy's sweet like yeah. i don't want him to go out so i don't know you're if they right, would, right. would have made them more individual and we would have gotten to spend more time with them then i think it could have solved the issue especially i think it would have pulled the second act up a little bit more and kept sure. the momentum going yeah the characterization through action you're right that probably would be a very interesting way to to kind of boost those guys up a little bit mm-hmm. yeah no that's a good point yeah <laughs> Although I will say, in terms of action, I think the coolest like part in the movie, and I'm pretty sure Alex is going to agree with me, is when they're in the RV and those things, the thing bursts out the back of the RV. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah and he, he comes out and he's got the shoulder-mounted yep. yeah. launchers, and I was like, oh my god, this <laughs> yeah. is so cool! Yeah, I, I think you and I both were like, <gasps> yeah. yay! Like, there, no, there, I, there are a lot of shots of Tom Cruise like doing cool stuff. I was surprised by how much I loved the robot stuff, because that can come off very clunky. Yeah. yeah. And this didn't at all. It was really smooth and really well done. Mm-hmm. I was... I was really impressed. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I almost got bummed when they took their suits off. I was like, "No, yeah. I want those back." What are you, you going to do? You're powerless with those yeah. without those. Flame. Yeah. All right. Any final spoilery thoughts? Um, I think Paxton should have been there in the last mission. That's yeah, all. that's all I have to say. The movie, yeah. you know, maybe Paxton should have sacrificed himself to for the greater good. Oh, he would have. Yeah. He sacrifices himself every day. That's true. For the greater good, I think. For us. Yeah, for us. For the viewing audience. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything, Tim? Nothing? No, no. I just really liked it. Um, McCory, Christopher McCory, that's yeah. his name, the writer. He's the guy doing the next Mission Impossible, right? Yep. Sweet. He did Jack Reacher, too, which... So good. It's so good. He knows how to write Tom Cruise. He can... This is a good, like... And I, w- I was happy watching just a well-written, structured movie. Yeah. Like, it's just a really well-done script. I mean, I like think. it's taken for granted nowadays. It does. It does. <laughs> and, like, just the fact that we're talking about clearly defined acts yeah. is, like, exciting to me. Yeah, <laughs> so. There have been so many movies this year where I've been like, I think this is more of a five-act movie, which <laughs> is unnecessary. Where we're struggling to find <laughs> where something yeah. starts and ends. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can cruise on through to the outro Ooh. here. Sorry, I'm all about the Tom Cruise puns. <laughs> Uh, feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com let us know what you thought of Edge of Tomorrow or of anything you know that we talked about today or just about the show anything, yeah. let us know how you're doing <laughs> right yeah you tell us about us, your day yeah let us know on at how's MFN work, Podcast how's work going yeah you doing good yeah. <laughs> uh, at MFN Podcast talk to us on Twitter we're also on Facebook Midwest Film Nerds Podcast um, MidwestFilmNerds.com Go to check out We have full show notes I usually have the time code So you can skip through Anything that you might think Is boring But you should probably Listen anyway Because it might be good Right um, 
And it's got the rest of our episodes. This is episode 80, so there's 79 other episodes, plus a bunch of bonuses on different TV shows and other things. We hope to have more bonuses coming. We've talked about it in the past. I'm not going to list any here because that's when they, that's the kiss of death. (laughs) They just never happen if we actually talk about them. But more bonus episodes coming. Um, I don't know. I think that's mostly it. At Mr. John on Twitter, thank you for our music and artwork. Um, And uh, Kyle XY, go watch a movie. Master Sergeant Farrell. (laughs) 